Okay. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Daily Bible College show. Uh, today I'm going to do something very random. I'm going to talk about what I've learned so far in my book report uh, while transforming Optimus Prime. <laughs> so this is Optimus Prime in truck mode. I'm going to transform him into his robot mode. Well, I kind of talk about what I've learned so far reading Simon Chan's book, uh, Grassroot Asian Theology. Sorry, I'm not sure if that's the right um, name for the book, but that's what I can remember. And so it's going to be very, very random, but also very, very honest. This is really what I can remember so far. So, okay, let's start with Optimus Prime. Uh, this is his gun. We don't need that. And yeah, let's start transforming him. Okay, so what have I learned so far? Um, that I don't know very much about Asian theologies, to be honest. Uh, that's the thing that's been really, really daunting reading that book. Every time I encounter a different Asian theology, I'm like, stop, huh? Really, uh, this thing got happened on uh? <laughs> I thought I knew a lot, you know, having grown up in Malaysia and you know, having friends who are Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, that kind of thing. But really, you know, it's another thing to write a report that kind of like accurately represents all these different worldviews. So that's where I've been kind of like stuck and a little bit demotivated if I'm honest. But yeah, so okay, so the first thing to transform are his legs. And so I need to take this out. Yep, okay, that's his leg. Okay, so uh, Simon Chan begins by comparing Western and Asian thought about God. He, I'm not sure if it's a caricature, but I think he makes a good point. He says in Western thought, people have been preoccupied with the, the notion of whether God exists or not. And he says, you know, you know, be, uh, during good times, everyone thinks God is with them because God is blessing them, you know, um, and they have all these philosophers who have nothing to do but to stroke their junk goat and talk about God. So, you know, the main phases that Western theologies have gone, th gone through are whether God is very near us, so those are the good times, or God is far away during those times when they have like war or economic crisis, that kind of thing. So uh, that's how he begins. He says, uh, that's how Westerners have often perceived the question about God. Okay, so I've got the legs done. And next, he talks about how um, in Asian thought, actually, you know, that's not the question for Asians because most Asians have an underlying culture that's rooted in some kind of religion. That means whether you're talking to the Muslim, to the Hindu, to the uh, Buddhist in Singapore, in Malaysia, in India, that kind of thing. So everyone kind of like presupposes that there is a God or a higher being or a spirit or a spirit world. Um, but the question is, hey, you know, is your God the same God as my God? Or rather, is my God better than your God? That kind of thing. So he says you need to appreciate that the fundamental question or evangelistic tactic when you're speaking to Asians is, you know, differentiating God or maybe highlighting an aspect of God that is maybe even missing in their culture. So, okay, all right, so I'm taking out the arms now. So the trick is to take out the, the, the door. Yeah, Ooh, take out the door and then uh, you can detach the front. Yeah, okay, all right. So you can see his head in there now. 
<laughs> okay, all right. So he starts then walking through the different uh, religions of Asia, Muslim, Hindu, Taoist, Buddhist, Confucianism, that kind of thing. But he also talks about the challenges and also the like affinities. You know, some take to Christianity, some are more welcoming to a Christianity than others. And he starts uh, with Islamic uh, conversations because he says, you know, when you talk about the Trinity already, you know, Muslims uh, think that you're worshipping three gods. And so uh, he brings up um, how, you know, these conversations can be quite unfruitful or quite challenging. But he says, you know, there are points of contact which make Christianity actually very attractive. And the main thing that makes the God of the Bible attractive is actually that personal nature of God or even calling God our Father. Now, it does make a point to say that actually that's very offensive for Muslims because again, you know, God is meant to be very, very high, unknowable. He's meant to be super powerful. And in that sense, you have to really admire the, the Muslims' view of God that is, you know, sometimes put us Christians to shame, you know, we think of God so near us, but maybe that highness and loftiness actually does magnify God's um, Godness. But he says the attractiveness is being able to relate to God personally. And he says that one key point of that happening is Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus Christ coming close to us. Now, the example he gives about Jesus is quite interesting because he isn't talking about, you know, uh, opening up the Gospels and reading about the life of Jesus. But actually, it talks about how there are high incidences of visions of Jesus amongst converts. And he says that usually is very common. Uh, and it's almost a starting point for people to then investigate the validity of the Bible. So, um, yeah, so do that what you will, but I mean, he does mention it in the book, and you do hear accounts of these things happening, you know, uh, in Asia. And so he says, again, it's a, it's a point of contact for someone who thinks of God as very unknowable, but then now has come to them and then it makes them want to know God more. Uh, the other thing he talks about, uh, this conversation with uh, Christians, uh, between Muslims and Christians, is sometimes a contention uh, with uh, the identity of God. So uh, there is an issue in Malaysia whereby the name of God that Muslims consider very holy and personal was used in one of the local Bibles. Not the English Bible, but in the local Bibles where it appears that proper name of God it uses one of the Muslim names. He says, you know, for Muslims, this is very, very touchy because it is their personal, their most personal relational identity of God. And so you need to understand that. The same way that Christians, you know, only call Jesus Christ or Jesus have, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you know, it's something unique to them. So for Muslims, you know, this is a very personal and unique thing that they identify as this name of God. And so you need to understand where they're coming from when they're maybe offended, or maybe it's hard for them to understand why you want to use this name when it belongs to them. So yeah, um, that's for Muslims. And so far we've gotten Optimus's head out. Uh, I can close this back up and start taking out his arms. Let's see, how do I get the arms out? Yeah, okay, get the arms out here. I think the way that I get the arms out is by pulling, ah, yeah, okay, like that, the arms out here. Okay, so next he talks about Hinduism, Hinduism. And he says, unlike uh, 
uh, Christianity. Oh, by the way, I have to push in the wheels here. Unlike, um, sorry, unlike, unlike Muslims, actually Hindus um, almost love that idea of the near, nearness of God. Is that right? Um, or rather, okay, that's, that's not right. I think they, they are more um, engaging in terms of how then Christianity fits into their concepts of God. And this might be actually a challenging thing actually because the examples it gives are actually by people who are not Christians. So people who are not Christians trying to harmonize Christianity into Hinduism. And so the result is not well, it's not an orthodox understanding of God, but you see again, you know, the mindset whereby actually they're more welcoming, they're more eager to try to bring things into their 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 culture. So it talks about uh, Brahman. You know, Brahman is supposed to be this a noble aspect of God, and how actually uh, the Trinity is represented in Brahmanism in terms of this uh, Saksit Ananda, so the three aspects of Brahman. And how I think again, this I might be wrong. Yeah, I think I, I think there is also a, another aspect of Hinduism whereby Brahman is revealed in I think Vishnu or something that is the personal embodiment of Brahman. Again, please correct me if I'm wrong. And how that can be then an analogy for Jesus Christ, that kind of thing. Oh, sorry. Um, I'm reading the book again, and Vishnu is the incarnation of Krishna, not Brahman. So it's another stream of thought in Hinduism. Sorry. <laughs> so again, these are not Christians who are coming out with these uh, thoughts, but they are there, they're in history. They speak into the mindset of uh, people who are Hindu. Uh, but he did say, you know, if you're a missionary, if you're a missionary going to India, actually these uh, historical forms of engagement with Christianity have done much to start the conversation already. So even though that's not where you want to end, it might be a helpful place to start to then say, hey, actually what the Bible says about the Trinity, about God, about Jesus Christ is slightly different from that. But it gives you a starting point. It's, I think, helpful to be aware of it at least when you're starting conversations with Muslims, sorry, with Hindus. So already a contrast there between Muslims and then Hindus. And actually, yeah, I'm almost almost done already. Yeah, I can see the former Optimus Prime. Okay, uh, let's end with um, uh, the Confucian or Taoist. Um, I want to finish it soon, so I'll just, I'll just choose one. Maybe I'll talk about Confucianism. So Confucius was actually a person who talked about uh, whose Confucianism has been boiled down to a kind of ethical series of commands. And so it's not meant to be a religion. But because it's just an ethical series of commands, there's a risk for Confucianism to kind of like fade out. You know, even Confucianism apparently teaches that you don't actually need to be Confucianist yeah, to, to understand these commands. And so therefore, there's been an attempt to link Confucianism back into a form of religion as if Confucianism ethical teachings is almost now an interface between um, human and divine. So the way in which you connect with the divine is through these ethical teachings. And so that then can be another point of contact. And for um, Christianity then, you know, how it fits in is that change, you know, uh, again, you, you want to be a better human being, you follow these ethics, you know, you, you feel a piety, that kind of thing. And so actually, uh, Christianity provides that agent of change 
that is even more powerful, even more gracious because it's not something that you're doing. And, it, uh, and you can see that transformative power that happens not just in behavior, but also spiritual speaking from the inside out. That last bit is actually Aitamba, <laughs> maybe not very accurate. Uh, but yeah, okay, all right, so I finished, I kind of finished, so I'll kind of wrap up. So we've been thinking about just the big ideas from Simon Chan's chapter in his book, talking about God in Asian theologies. And I hope you can already see that there are kind of like different aspects of these conversations when you speak to different cultural contexts, different religions. And there are opportunities and challenges there. And understanding uh, the different cultures, again, is just helpful for you to know where to start and to know where you need to be uh, headed towards. You know, what are the points of contention, what are the things that need maybe clarifying, and what are the things that maybe you can start out without causing needless offense. And so um, there's obvious applications here for evangelism. You know, what are the things you need to be aware of when you're talking about God? There are also opportunities here for, and he doesn't mention it in his book, but I've been thinking about how it means to be Christian in a multicultural context. So I'm thinking about it in Malaysia, right? You know, all these different cultures exist in the same country <laughs> in, and in quite large portions. So I mean, Simon Chan is Singaporean, and so in Singapore, you have predominantly you know, Chinese or ethnically Chinese. But in Malaysia, it's actually a very good mix. So when he talks about Hinduism, he's talking about Hinduism in India, but actually in Malaysia, it's much closer to home. When he talks about Taoism and Buddhism, we have that in Malaysia, but we also have a much more predominant presence of uh, Islamic thought and Islamic practices. Lots more Muslims, they're the majority in Malaysia. And so for me, right, my interest in this book is just seeing you know, what it means in the long term uh, to be a minority practicing Christian church in Malaysia. And I think um, just understanding that helps us to navigate you know, the challenges that are ahead because they will be there and just to prepare for the kind of conversations that will definitely happen because they're our neighbors, these are our friends and even if we don't bring it up, these are questions that people will ask us. How prepared are we to answer? How you know, loving will we be when we do find points that we are not familiar with and maybe we're being challenged of and how then can we give an answer that is faithful but also confident and also biblical and also just you know glorifies God. So yep that has been my uh, summary so far <laughs> of, uh, of that book about kind of like Asian comparative religions while transforming Optimus Prime. It's quite cool right? Yeah actually then you can give him his guns and all and he can wear his um, this is supposed to be like a shield that transforms into a uh, X. So he has an X here. Doo -doo! Optimus Prime. Yay. Okay, thanks for listening. This has been the Daily Bible College reading show. College. Daily Bible College show. Okay. <laughs> so random. Okay, bye-bye. Shh.